How's it going, guys and girls? Welcome to the Be More podcast. Wow, where do I start for today's episode, guys? Honestly, this was a pleasant surprise. Um, the other day when I did a live stream and, and Lino came live with me and I was like, mate, we need to do a full episode together. And guys, this, this was such an enjoyable conversation. I was learning so much, um, so much so that we couldn't actually fit it all into an episode. So we are going to be back for part two, three, four, five, and all the way up to as many guys as you want if you are getting value from this. So please let us know what you think. If you haven't already, please leave a rating on this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you are listening, please do give us a review and let us know what you think. And if you enjoy the show, add it to your stories on Instagram, tag us both in it, let us know what you think. We literally appreciate all your guys' support and I hope you guys get as much value from this conversation as I did. Enjoy the show, guys. Right now. My guy. All I can see is a wall. Oh, there he is. My guy. How are you? How you doing, bro? The guys have been waiting patiently for you. You've been making yourself a tea. You know what? I, I, I text you right at six dot dot zero zero. Um, so I, I've been here for the last five minutes. Um, and I'm sorry that I showed up late. All good. Mate, take the show away. Tell us your story. Yeah. Um, welcome, everyone. So who is in, who is not? Um, please tell me a little bit about who you are in the text. So um, welcome, everyone. I don't know if, if we've met before. If we haven't, then I will introduce myself. If we did, it's so good to see you again. I'm super fired up to discuss with Jake about this amazing thing that we're doing. Like phenomenal, by far one of the most exciting things that I wish everybody to get involved with. Um, right, anybody from Rai? If there is anyone from Rai, please uh, write me one in, in the comment. If we've met before, please write me two. If we haven't met before, please um, write three in the text. See you Welcome, Jack. This is exciting. See you at kickoff, baby. Hi, Din. Um, okay. Bro, the whole Pope Mouth is here. This is amazing. It's very nice to meet you all. And um, listen, guys, um, uh, Jack does a lot of this podcasting thing, and I think you know a lot about him, but I don't think you know me enough. Um, I have a little bit to say about myself that I will jump straight into my passion, okay? So, um, hi, uh, Dr. Mamantolopa Mari. Uh, she's from Spain. She was my one of my mentors in my research science. She's a neuroscientist. I can't wait to meet you on that kickoff. Um, tell the guys who you okay, are this... to hear you. Tell them. Yeah, I'll tell you this. So, please, show it and spread it to everywhere. And we could crack on. So my name is Teclinome, okay? Um, first, I did chemistry, studied natural products, very passionate about traditional healing medicines and working alongside other researchers um, in a, a project called MPDDRC, Medical Plants and Drug Discovery Research Center. Loved it so much, and I was so passionate to understand how this would transfer into this modern medicine. So one way or the other, I had studied, and that meant that I'd have to do a pharmacy. But as I was doing my pharmacy integrated master's, that is a double degree, I had to work on increasing my understanding in click chemistry. That's another form of organic chemistry. 
So equivalent to another master. So altogether, we done them four equivalent to four degrees. Uh, I went on to the workforce of pharmacy. So I truly enjoyed it. Very, very, very enjoyed it, I must say. I uh, went on building pharmacies, worked so hard, um, worked on my habits for far too long prior to finishing as a, a pharmacist at university, and that work ethic transcended through my workforce. Um, as I was working as a pharmacist, things start to develop. I start to see patterns that whoever I was helping, they were getting worse. What that means is that if you are in a cardiometabolic syndrome, what that means is a condition which uh, can be improved by enhancing or adjusting your lifestyle, then um, medication isn't really the, uh, the, the answer for it. So what I have seen in there uh, very quickly uh, start to resonate with my passion to actually look for another solution. Um, so instead of uh, earning a lot of money as a pharmacist, I decided to go back and study the body. So I went on doing a PhD in a cardiovascular science. What that means is that I studied the heart and the blood vessels. So my PhD is in that area that incorporates about how um, everything is uh, modifiable. So that's the ethos of uh, cardiovascular science. Everything is modifiable except aging. So I focused on the part of aging where the aorta becomes a little bit stiff and how that affects the rest of cardiovascular problems. So that's part of my, re my research. Come um, COVID, um, what we start to see is from the BAMI report, the uh, British Journal of Medicine reported the Asian, uh, the Black Asian minority ethnic group were hit a lot heavier or harder by COVID than a Caucasian would have done. And they tried to do a meta-analysis, research done in different places. And coherently, all of them pointed out that people in BAMI were a lot more uh, subjected to this obesity. So the numbers were I measured. About 66% of them were in obesity, not overweight, in obesity. So whoever went into intensive cares because of COVID, very few of them made it, very few of them. The rest couldn't survive. So when we looked into this, we then stumbled into the understanding of what obesity is altogether. And you can't find many research done out there from migrants, okay? So we have a lot of depth of understanding about gut health, gut microbiome, gut to brain access, the, uh, the gut brain, and all of the signs. But a lot of a lot of the facts that we know now are either outdated, or they were not inclusive enough to put the context of why um, minorities were facing this problem. So I start to quickly collaborate with fellow research scientists, and we looked into what we could do to minimize um, the intensity of morbidity and mortality of this whole obesity-related thing. So for me, as I start to investigate about obesity, it became very apparent that it's a global phenomenon. Like, it is all over the world. So it all points out into our nutrition. So th the patterns that I picked up in there is that about seven out of 10 people who've struggled with obesity, has uh, they've already visited a doctor to do something about it. And I don't know if you know about this, Jake, but in January 22nd of 2022, there was a new program called Better Health. It's a campaign called Better Health. So the NHS set out a campaign called Better Health, where someone with obesity would go to a hospital or to local GP surgery or into a pharmacy where they would be assisted on how they could live better. So pretty much improve their lifestyle. The result? Nada. I, I don't mean to dash all the amazing works that clinicians do. Then it doesn't really marry up with the results that they get. There is no result. And then I've done this for close to 14 years in pharmacy now. Uh, we have a program called PGR, Patient Group Directory, where you give medication to people who are abused 
like or excessive weight and you try to help them to lose weight and that doesn't work because this whole thing is a quick fix bro it's a quick fix you don't fix the problem with a quick fix we need a resolution whereby you have a sense of habit building where people understand what they eat and why they eat it okay we need to understand the culture that they have we need to understand and help them in a way where they can tailor it to the lifestyle that they have so this is the understanding that we quickly clicked in and then i start to work through this but prior to doing this study i was teaching nutrition okay i studied nutrition and edic anybody can do this in edx it's a free masters if you want if you have if you have the hunger for a certificate or a diploma to put in the wall you can get it for 140 pounds but i don't need any of that all i need is the knowledge all i need is the understanding that i can utilize to solving problems so that targets four areas of nutrition and then i encourage everyone to go and study regardless of your background obviously it's designed for clinicians but you can do that masters irrespective of your background and then it will change everything you know about this and if you really want to understand about food and the things that we eat that's makes us, making us to go bananas, you've got to read this uh, brain food. It will tell you everything you need to know about the supermarkets, the food industry, how it is designed to make us need all the medication that we take at the moment. So you are not sick of diabetes type 2, you're not sick of cholesterol or hypertension, you're sick of obesity. And then I can say this in a, cl in a cl clinical capacity. Um, as such that the margins of more than 70%, more than 70% of the people whom the NHS spent in 2018, I don't think it's, uh, 2070 the report was, 6.7 billion pounds was spent on managing obesity-related problems, bro. 6.7 billion. Can you imagine? This is the amount of money that the Defense Force would actually use. So this is mad. So we weren't told right, but they never lied to us either because we're just very complacent. We don't want to put the work. We don't want to change the habits. We don't want to confirm into no new way of living. So what we try to do now, with all the experience that I have uh, in medicine, is review. That's another master's with uh, my pharmacy um, uh, research, chemistry, PhD, and all the understanding that I have. It all boils down. How could I make this purposeful or an impact in my community? Dr. Previn, here is my buddy. It's uh, a very old friend and my best man. Um, uh, Dr. Preven is now working with an, a pediatric um, hospital. I'm super excited to see you, bro. So here, here we are um, trying to look at a bigger picture of what we could do now that can transcend for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So, and what I do, I don't just help people lose fat. Okay, now wait, I don't help people just lose fat. I help them work with their mind and have a resolution, like a complete package of how they could solve the problem they have and how they can just transfer this information in epigenetic sense okay so how um, they could change their way of living that affects everyone in the household and this goes beyond when they get into adulthood so i'm i'm just very passionate by uh, what i have done so far because it gives me a glimpse of what is possible so it's a it's a very minute impact if you like it's a very small amount of change um, in comparison to what is expected of uh, us to do as a team. Um, but again, it, it, it's, it's a proof of concept. So if we did, we've had about 3,200 people in terms of customers we've served in my two years in the company. Um, and about close to between 800 and 900 of them had cardiometabolic syndromes. 
what that means is that they suffered with these conditions. It could be sleeping apnea, um, it could be allergies, inflammation, arthritis, hypertension, cholesterol, um, dyslipidemia, or insulin intolerance. So when you say insulin intolerance, it matches into 12 different diseases that the doctor cannot tell you. They can tell you that your sugar level is elevated and whatnot. But behind that, insulin resistance is so much going on that is part of the metabolic problems. So I don't just jump into doing this. When I understand the science, when I went through all the information that is out there, I had to put myself into test. Okay, I had to gain weight and lose that and then do it in a very complete transparency. What that means is life, what I shake, what I eat, what I exercise, how I think, what time I wake up, everything for 21 days, I pretty much leave it on the social media. So people whom uh, they found substance on that one uh, connected with me about two years ago. So we started in January 2020 and in no time, it, it just pretty much went on a um, fire, wildfire, where it picked up a lot of people who've really been struggling. So we give more than what we can take. But then again, um, all the experience, what I'm trying to say in here is that you can find so many. Can I ask you, how did you get started with Herbalife? Like, was, you, was it logical for you straight away, like this is a great product or was you a little bit no, skeptical? This is the stuff that the guys want. So obviously you've got a million degrees and 48 masters and 16 PhDs. Yeah, so obviously you're a very developed guy. You've read thousands of books over the years. How did you make the decision that Herbalife Nutrition was going to be a, a solution for people? So uh, when I was at uni, okay, in 2012, I had an Egyptian friend who wanted me to be part of this. What did you call it again? Herbalife? Um, he wanted me to be part of this. And I was like, what you do, obviously, if you're a little bit sensible person, you pick up your phone and look it up. And then I see Bill Ackman, bro. Bill Ackman. Do you know about Bill Ackman? Yeah, yeah. And that was the shorting period where um, in all of it, all pointed out that this is a fraud system. This is a scam. This is a pyramid. This is what not. And then I said to my friend, you think I'm an idiot? No way. And um, he, he, he felt so offended that I actually reacted in that sense. But that was my reaction. 2012. I, I couldn't even say the name right, but I could text it in, in the search engine and find the information that I can find. The first few entries were not very reader-friendly. They were very terrified. Didn't do anything about it. Now, come forward into uh, 2019. Um, I did this nutrition studies, and then I was teaching for nine months. You can find my contents on YouTube. Um, I've got between YouTube and Facebook, I have a lot of people following, about 130K people. Um, subscribers and followers. And then I, I try to dissect nutrition in every possible context. So um, when, I, when I do what I do now, I do it from a place of absolute confidence. Like I know what I'm talking about. So I needed to help my people to get out of this, uh, somebody calls it metrics, um, mm -hmm. of uh, uh, being in a medication. So I'm trained to do medicine. I'm medically trained individual. But I um, and also I have so much respect for medication, but when it's used right. So with this mission, I was so hungry to understand what that they could do practically and then get out of this problem. 
So in all of this, my research, I like all of my teaching, all of my understanding in nutrition, um, and endless hours. Like I have more than 400 videos about this principles why we should eat right, but not necessarily telling them anything practical. I tell them the facts, which they could Google them if they don't have a language barrier. So all I did was like waste so many hours, but there was zero result. Okay, so. I was so frustrated. I put the work in, I put the knowledge in there, I dissected it in simplest form, but there was no result. So what I tried to do then was, okay, so what is the best thing I could do? So I saw someone um, uh, basically showing sense of transformation. And then this is what, you, you, you were talking about this, our brain is scanning for what we're thinking about. If you think for, uh, for example, if you know, X, if, if you like X6 BMW now, where I used to drive a Mercedes, um, whatever um, um, class, and then wherever you go, your brain is actively scanning for the X6. So because I was actively looking for the solution, I saw someone with the transformation and I reached out. And then they said, oh, oh, here is my mentor, uh, Dr. Sultan Ahmed. He is my senior, another cardiovascular research scientist, amazing soul. Uh, I miss you, bro. Um, he's my mentor. And um, we, we looked into this, okay? We, I was helping on raising awareness about nutrition and health altogether. And then we looked into this nutrition. And then this lady said, oh, I use Herbalife. So for me, um, it, I quickly fall back into what I knew prior to this. But then this time I was a little bit wiser. I decided to do research, okay? Mm -hmm. So I started with Bill Ackman. And then all of that shorting that went in, um, um, it just it just got bananas. He lost about four billions. Like I'm gonna mean. So there is a substance in there. So that opened um, a layway for me to do to dig a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And people uh, from FTC who used to penalize Herbalife worked for Herbalife at this time, and all of this start to to make sense. Okay, so what is in there? I don't care about the business. I don't care what their ethos are. What I need is the product. So that was the motive. That was how I started. So. Um, I had to gain weight to put it to test. So I studied all of this, everything that like 360 scientists, bro, more than 60 of them, about 62 or so of them are PhDs. And I have so much respect for science. I, I have so much respect for people who put their heart and soul into understanding something. So for me, um, if I am to write a review, for example, alongside uh, Dr. Ahmed in here, uh, we would look into what other people did before. And then we credit them, meaning recognize what their work. So this scientist must have done something. So the, the science aligned to what I prior to starting looking into herbal life, doing my research in nutrition, I, I, I understood nutrition essentially. We were talking about this with Sultan as well. Um, I understood nutrition and people who were involved in this and their um, science aligned with what I know already. So what's left for me was to actually put it into test. So to do that, you know why I did this? Uh, like, I, I could have easily um, jump in, but I have a very skeptical mind. I need, I don't like to do anything that I don't understand. That was a huge problem for me. And as a clinician, as a pharmacist, if people were to ask me about medication, I wouldn't guess, obviously, because that's the only profession you'd be in a month later if you accidentally give a medication that kills someone. That was the only profession. So with that mindset, when I started to, to do nutrition, I treated it like medicine. So I studied everything, understood it. So I have to try it myself. So I gained weight. It was COVID. 
And then I was exercising every day in a park and showing them what I was doing and trying to give them the understanding about what they should eat to avoid all of this metrics thing. Um, not everything is modifiable, but the majority of the things are modifiable. If you change your lifestyle, you can escape pretty much anything that has to do with insulin resistance. So I proved that concept as I was doing this. And a lot of people start to express interest. So how I got in um, had a long history. Uh, the first one was a glimpse where I never paid a second um, visit after Bill Ackman. But then um, Sultan would tell you here, we were very fascinated about investment. So we start to understand what shorting is, what login is, what cryptocurrencies are actively traded and what. So I understood the concept of shorting and why people would make um, that sort of investment in a corporate like Herbalife. So I started with a very broad understanding of what had happened, but this time I was just skeptical, not negative, skeptical. I wanted to know, um, I wanted to understand the things that are in the fine print. Okay, mm. when we buy a phone, there are agreements in there that you agree, you don't never read it, but this time I had to read it. I had to understand it because the call is I am going into my community. For two years, my commitment was no one but my community because um, everything pointed into solving a problem. So it was never for the business, um, but to solve the problem. But then as you do this, as a pharmacist, I can tell you, when you're solving someone, when you're solving a problem, when you are giving someone what they need or what they want and get rewarded for this, that is amazing. That is incredible. And now I give the opportunity for anyone and everyone who is driven enough to serve, okay? Not sell products, because we don't sell products. I don't, I don't actively sell products. I don't. That's not my intention. I sell my idea, and that's science-backed, and then I give the opportunity to someone who wants to get better. Healthier, fitter, wealthier. Depends how much they want to put in in terms of time and knowledge. So... Um, to sign me up, I started with a very skeptical mind that helped me to do my homework and that really helped me to develop a habit that I'm very focused on doing what I'm supposed to do before I open my mouth. So when, when I talk about this now, I talk with data. I don't, I don't say, oh, it does this, it does that. I have the data before me purely because I was looking for it. Now I'm going to start doing the business, bro. I'm getting started. Okay, yeah. so that's a little brief summary of how I got started. So them two years were a, a pilot project for me. So the two years of, of where you've gone through the marketing plan like a bulldozer were a pilot project, yeah? <laughs> I, I didn't, honestly, that was, that, look, it was very confined. It was a little bubble. So I, my focus was to bring so many bright minds together and focus on the problem as opposed to um, what I would get out of it. And as Jim Rohn says, it was never a question what I am getting in return. It was about what I'm becoming. Am I becoming impactful? That meant more for me than how much money I can make. Because if you consider um, my shift from doing pharmacy into doing PhD, that pays me one third, about one third of my salary. And this is given that I was great. I'm, I'm forever grateful. I was funded by the BHF. That's a, a lucratively funded project. So one third of my earnings. So and um, if, if I am to do something, it's got to be something that resonates with my heart. So um, I, I studied so much. I understood a lot of things on the process. I'm still a student of the project. 
but I'm now getting started. I feel like I know something that I could give it to someone. If they do it right, they could do it better than I know. And mm. that I call is a sensible impact. I love it. Lino, talk to me about like where you, obviously you, un you understand this now, like you've gone through the trenches, you're helping loads of people. From your years and years of research and from where you are now, where are the problems in our society right now that are leading to the issues that we have when it comes to people being overweight, obese, feeling terrible? Like where, where do you see the problems? And then once you've answered that, how do you find Herbalife as the, the best solution? Right. So you, now you can ask this anyone, any clinician, anybody, for example, okay? Um, I, I would ask this question. Say you lost 10 kilograms, right? Mm -hmm. You ask, you lost 10 kilograms. Where did it go? Tell me, where, where do you think it went? 10 kilograms. If I, 10 kilograms. If, it's lost, if you lost 10 kilograms, we're talking about numbers. Where do you think it went? If it was fat, I, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, it's fat, whatever it is, muscle, fat, whatever. If you lose 10 kilograms, where did it go? Off of so 8.4 grams of them, you breathe it out. The remaining changes into water, it's with sweat and, and whatnot, number two. Okay, so we breathe it out. Now, what we don't understand is that when we eat, basically, we're writing a letter. Okay, whatever we're eating, we're writing a letter to our system in a simple, in the very simplest form, our DNA that makes up um, who we are to pretty much do uh, what we want it to do. So you can, you can think of any supermarket, okay? Now I was talking about the brain food. It can tell you, for example, if you go to supermarket, how do you pick your food? Let's call an apple. How would you pick your apple from a supermarket? What, what would be the metrics you use to pick an apple of all the different ranges of apple? The one that looked the best. There you go. But that's in there. Um, ideally, we, we see with our eyes. Like, okay, ideally, we, we think we, with the light that comes through our eyes is what we see. But we're supposed to be a little bit deeper than that. So if there are five ranges of apple in there, I, you could go and check this. There are numbers written on the apple. And that number tells you if that apple is uh, uh, pesticized, if that apple is genetically modified or if that apple is organically grown. The numbers tell you everything, so they never lie to us, but we don't do the homework. We don't try to understand what them things mean. Okay, mm -hmm. so we are very much, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that we're very much focused on quick, easy, and convenient, basically. Okay, we don't, the brain is designed, our brain is designed to find a shortcut for us. It's a very lazy part of our body. Its job is to find a shortcut. It doesn't want to do the things, okay? The brain is a very fiddly place. And, and every time we listen to the brain, we would always go through the shortcut. Ultimately, it gets compromised in our all, overall well-being. So we fail to basically understand what the body needs. How many people in your circle do you think understand what the body needs? They would rather go to work Okay, they would rather quickly go to work. Um, on their way, they could rather pick up a croissant or a McDonald's sandwich. So the work is far more important than the mission that basically get them to do everything they do, the body. You could be the brightest mind in the world if you don't have the strong body, you're gone. And pretty much 
whatever treat, whatever protects the heart protects the brain. Whatever is happening to your body in a physical sense here is happening to your brain too. So the problem is we are very complacent. We don't want to do a basic understanding of how we could live happy, healthy, and long. I want to live as I want to live young for as long as possible. That's my mission. And if I am to do that, because that's my focus, then I've got to do my homework on how I could live younger for as long as possible. You could tell me exercise, but this has been scientifically proven. Exercise could help you so much, about 20% of all this um, general well-being, and so, so good for your cardio. But in essence, if you could exercise so hard but not eat right, you're gone. You, you, you are gone. The body has its own edge. It's called metabolic edge. It's not the day you, you made it to the world, which is your, your biological edge, but there is a metabolic edge. And if you were to scan everyone around you, the chances are, like I've done this research in my community, it's not with every single person, but the majority of the ones that we've done, people approaching 40, the body thinks they are in about 60 to 66 years old. Whoa. The metabolic edge. And all of this is so much to do with lack of fiber, increasing sugar, self-raising uh, uh, flour, and this lie on a quick fix, breakfast. We could start the simplest form of it, the breakfast. What do you think people normally go for breakfast? Carbs or nothing. Cereals, oatmeal, uh, cereals, basically. Cereals, croissant, um, whatever, um, um, toast bread. If you ask them, why did you actually eat that? What, what's the message that you're writing into yourself? They wouldn't tell you. There is no intention about telling the brain what to do in the food that they eat. Mm. But the body has fundamentally five important nutrition. You can start with water, hydration. Water isn't this refined water that we find in a bottle and, and, and it has changed its essence in general. Water is supposed to be very nutritious and it's minerals that carries the minerals that black like spring water, for example. Traditionally, people leave it a lot longer. There is water in Latin America at the moment that has the best quality that they claim to be. But water has memory. Your body is made up of more than 67% of water, about 80 in your brain. It's crazy. But then how many people do actually wake up and drink water? And when they drink, why do they drink it? What's their intention? How many people actually put the effort to understand what fiber does to the body? And imagine, all food industry designed food to play with the hormones, okay? So that you could like it, you could um, have attachment with it, and then eventually get you to eat more of it. And to do that, they got to get rid of the fiber. So instead of going from A to B, let me just go one by one. So we started water. Water is crucial. It's an absolute necessity. 2% down from the saturation that we need. 2% down, then you could actually fend. It's that bad. But I'm not just talking about H2O water. I'm just talking about the nutritious water. Mm -hmm. And if normal water that you can find is contaminated with copper and other minerals that you don't appreciate of, which is very toxic to the brain, maybe have a coconut water, which is believed to have the deepest and very dense nutrition in it. Fiber. A lot of people do not understand. Like where, where I come from, from Eritrea. I came from Eritrea, as you know. In Eritrea, our food is very stable. It has been for more than 7,000 years. It hasn't changed so much. Okay, with all this imperialism, colonization and whatnot, though, the one thing that hasn't changed so much is the, 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 the way they harvested, the way they live their um, ancestral lifestyle. 
and that is um, the, the grains are very rich in minerals, uh, phytonutrients, and fiber, both soluble and insoluble fiber. The soil has been always treated with fertilizers, not artificial fertilizers, but um, animal poo fertilizers. So it's a, it's a complete cycle of whatever came from the ground goes back into the ground. So that increases the, gut, the, the microbial diversity in the place. If you don't know much about this, I have a video that talks about how a microbial diversity from one location to the other location pretty much defines you who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything is tried um, in, in a sense. Of, again, I've got a research paper that, that I can share with you. Uh, that talks about how uh, change in fiber content could actually change everything that uh, defines your gut health. As you know, we have five times more neurons in our gut than we have in our spine. Okay, wow. so your fiber intake is far more exceedingly important than anything that you eat in terms of your well-being, the mental health. So there, serotonin is made, about 90% of the serotonin or the happy hormone is made in the gut. And this is made by the microbiome in your gut. And the microbiome in your gut don't get anything. They don't need anything but the fiber. So if you don't have enough fiber intake, your mental health is out of sync. And then a lot of people wonder why they feel low, their energy is uh, um, a bit this, and they have this uh, irritable bowel syndromes and so many different, um, 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 what do you call a lot of people try to map it into something else that is not accurate, but they go by the media, okay, by the information, the quick fix information, not a thorough thought through information. So the fiber is fundamentally important for the short chain fatty acids, as um, SFCA. Um, the, the short chain fatty acids are very important. They are the ones that make up the jelly part of the gut, and they work just not only to make you fullness, but also work as a, a filter for proteins that are not supposed to go from the gut into the bloodstream. This, if they cross the blood barrier, the, um, if they cross the gut into the, uh, into the blood barrier, into the brain, then they trigger inflammatory agents. It could be from uh, neuroinflammation into a leaky gut problems that you have irritable syndromes and whatnot. All of these basic problems that we have in the community, so much so easily correctable in the body. Can you answer this? So, you know, struggle with the likes of Crohn's disease, is fiber a good idea? Can you answer that, Lena? So there are two conditions. There is, uh, with uh, IBS, IBD, irritable bowel syndromes, there is a case where there is hypersensitivity into fiber because it irritates if it stays there for a lot longer. And there is a case that has been corrected by fiber. So it's uh, subjective to the individual who's already suffering from this inflammation. So Crohn's disease is a very funny one. It, it, if it's... Uh, easily irritated or triggered by fiber, then you've got to minimize the fiber intake because nothing should stay in, in your colon for longer than it should. Because if it yeah. stays a lot longer, the inflammation increases and it causes you more problem. I've got a video on this one, but again, I forgot the problem is it's integrinia. So whatever there is out there, fiber is the most, the, one of them elements that they fiddled with, fiber and sugar. So that's fiber is carbohydrate. Okay, it's uh, the complex carbohydrate of soluble and insoluble form. So when we eat in the breakfast, if you don't have that, you haven't fed the, back, the microbiome in your gut that make you feel who you are. So your day is ruined from the start. Mm. If you're not eating enough fiber, then your gut habits are out of sync. Then you're most likely to be opening to gaining so much weight because what happens is that I'll talk into the hormones again. And this is water, fiber, and then protein. Okay, so 
The, the, the most abundant part of our body is water. The second most abundant part of our body is protein. It makes up up to 18% of the 18% the, the of who we are. So 67 to 73% water, 18% of it is protein. So where I come from again, we have a very stable food. It's called uh, um, lentils, uh, beans, um, and flaxseed. These are stable food for us, and they are very loaded with proteins and minerals and vitamins. But the focus is now protein. So my people, if you know them, they are very elite on um, cycling and long-distance running. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know, Zarissa Nathan, they said he was an Olympian. Um, and Daniel Teklai-Monotti was the Black Lion for cycling in Tour de France. Um, so they, they, we've had this sort of lifestyle. They call it Mediterranean, but instead they should have called it Eritrean. Because people lived a happy, healthy life for a long time. Seriously. Mm. Now, mm. I'm trying to adapt everything. The beauty about Herbalife, I'll come to it now, is that I can cherry pick whatever I want to achieve what I want to achieve. This is the only place where I could find the things that I want. This is what makes it exceed every other um, company that provides the kind of nutrition. So we have no competition purely because I can cherry pick. If there is someone who wants to sleep, I have something for him. Someone who wants to go back to the gym, I have something for him. Someone struggling with obesity, I've got something for him. So I can cherry pick whatever I want. But protein is misunderstood so much. I said the other day about Dr. Richard Allison. Um, he was actually saying the, the amount that is recommended for us to either suggest to anyone coming to us in urban life or for ourselves to use is actually one third of the maximum capacity that the kidney can clear. So a lot of people are worried, oh, protein to the kidney, to the liver and whatnot. It's actually one third of what is recommended. And then I cross-checked this with the uh, brain food. The, uh, Professor Lisa is, um, um, uh, she worked with glucose so much, but worked on uh, dementia-related things and, or neurodegenerative things. And she confirms this through research other people and other people involved with uh, the study. Now, we could, we could say all of this about, so we spoke about water, we spoke about fiber, we spoke about protein. Protein is not just good because every part of your cell is made up of protein or a degree if it's made up of protein. 18% of it is made up of protein. And the, the body needs protein to make everything that needs to make. Okay? If the virus gets in the body, it uses the RNA to produce more protein of that nature. Mm. So the body needs the protein. The kind of protein that you consume pretty much defines who you are. They call it epigenetics. Okay? So you can start defining who you are by the letter that you write to your cells. Mm. And that's through the food that you eat. There is a saying in English, right? I'm loving this comment here. Mate, I've got like three minutes, so I want to wrap this up, but I, I really, really love everything you're sharing. I've just seen the comment from your, is it your mentor, Previn? Or one of your friends? Previn is my buddy. The beauty yeah. of the Eritrean diet is the organic farming and the use of natural fertilizers, age-old farming techniques. I love this. This is so interesting for me. For the people that are in the UK, what is our solution? Because we can't source our foods from that country. So what is the solution <laughs> that you would say for people who are here? Uh, this is where I'm coming. So I think understanding the protein part of it is very important. A lot of people are thinking of protein for what it's not, okay? A lot of people think protein for when they're going to the gym or um, like it's pretty much signposted in something else, but protein is our everyday necessity. 
Okay, when we consume if it is of good quality, it plays with the hormone. I don't know how much you know about you know about insulin, right? And most likely you know about leptin. But I don't know how much you know about ghrelin. It's another hormone that senses the number amount of fullness in the body. And this is done by the HPA, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal gland axis. So the body dictates which hormone to release to manage hunger and or when you're hungry, which part of the body is uh, activated to source energy from which part of the body. So when your body is full, okay, this is how it works. If you are not eating enough protein, your digestive system is going to clear in less than two hours. At that point, everything that you smell, everything that you think of triggers your insulin increase because the body is trying to release so much sugar out of hunger. And then it does it from the muscle. So if insulin resistance increases with every food you eat, then ultimately you would have elevated insulin, insulin level and that creates a problem. This is the basic concept that everyone needs to understand. So how do you correct this, regardless of where you live? So um, the simple method that we've used for two years is that, first off, fill in your guts with protein. It has to be within the margin, which is about a gram per kilogram. Is that okay if you're 70 kilograms? Only one gram per kilogram per It's 1.2 gram per kilogram. So, so if you have, have 80 kilograms. Question, let's say, so I've had some crazy high protein diets in my time, especially before I life when I was doing like bodybuilding and stuff. If I was to say to you, I was having, let's say 200 grams of protein a day and I weigh 75 kilos, what would you say? Mate, this 200. is why, This is why we need to do these lives, yeah? Because so many people are misinformed. The whole fitness industry is teaching people one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Whereas you just come and flip that and go on one gram per kilo. A lot of people will be going, whoa. So you, this is the thing. Or would you say it's okay? Is it too much or is it okay? 200 is a lot, I must say. It's not about, so what we, we like I said earlier, Dr. Allison was saying, this is just about a third of what's maximum capacity needed. So you can, you can use to that range. But the idea is that if you are to have a, a big plate, how much protein would you get out of it? So vegetables for me would be like half my plate. Okay. Protein would be maybe a quarter. And a quarter yep. would be fibrous foods. So, yeah. So the intention is very clear in there. You need your high protein, you need your fiber, and you need your phytonutrients in there, vitamins from the vegetables. That's brilliant. Now, when, when you think of, say, for example, if someone is extremely big or they have a lot of weight to shed, what they need to do is they need to treat with their grilling, okay? Grilling and uh, uh, peptide YY, this is another hormone that senses hunger. Grilling senses amount of fullness. So when your body is full, okay, when, you, you're, when your gut is full, I should say, sorry, when your gut is full with protein, it will take up to six hours for it to clear. That's three times longer. So what the brain thinks is that when the, food, when the gut is full, it thinks there is food coming. So it doesn't need to store anything else. But every time you go through water fasting, hungry, intermittent fasting, and whatnot, you're treating your hormone to think every time you have food. It's an emergency. So what is important for the body is the brain, the heart, and the lungs. They eat or not, they have to work. Okay? So your, muscle, your muscles are not important. So at this time, it sources your energy, it fuels it from the muscle. So if you're not eating enough protein, the body will have to consume the muscle. The problem with it is that you have weak bones, weak support for your bones, weak immunity. Now, if you want to flip it and then you actually want to lose weight, right? You have to eat enough protein that engages your gut for so long and they 
uh, HPA thinks there is food coming. So what it does is that it sends the message into the adipocytes. Adipocytes is the white fat, the white fat what we call um, where uh, triglycerides are stored. Every excess food that is not needed by the body or is needed for emergency goes to adipocytes. So this is where um, you cannot tap it with exercise. You, you just can't. So exercise can help you reshape and frame, but you cannot get into your adipocytes with that. The body has to do the job. And the way the brain does the job is by making sure that it understands there is enough food in your gut. You, you can either eat constantly a whole lot of crap and full of sugar and then fuel that system in the cycle of a spiral downfall, or you can eat right, engage it with one meal. So ideal breakfast in the morning has high um, quality protein that engages the gut for up to six hours. What the body does then is that it recruits the hormones relevant for the adipocytes to release the stored energy. So I have mm. people who've lost up to 57 kilograms, bro, in less than three months. And a lot of people whom I know clinicians say, oh, that's not healthy. Oh, this is not possible. I have to invite the people in a podcast and then explain how they feel now prior to how they used to feel when they were preparing to go for a knee surgery. Mm. So the, the, the body is supposed to adjust itself. So if you eat enough protein, then there is enough in the body to treat the brain to use the stored energy. That's how we're helping people lose weight. So primarily in people, to go back into the question, how would people in the UK get in shape is that start your morning right, basically. Get into the ideal breakfast. What is an ideal breakfast? You have to go, it has to have something that stimulates you, which is the tea. You've got to get very hydrated. You have to have your fiber in there, vitamins and uh, minerals in there, and protein is key in here because it tricks the brain. So a little bit of shortage on the other things would have been okay, but a little bit of shortage uh, or replacement of the protein with high carbs would completely flip the system. So much of the problem we have is that we are so sold into this empty calorie culture, meaning we can eat anything, and it gives us a lot of calorie, but zero nutrition. They call it empty calorie. That's the phrase used for it. So we are submissive. We are very submissive into this quick fix of empty calorie. As a result of it, we're paying so much in our health, with our health, I should say. So this how could anyone one, join and use this? This answers this one last question, mate, before I've got to prep for my next call. Jack has asked, yeah. eggs, water, and a coffee. How is that for you, Lena? Hmm? Eggs, water, and a coffee. <laughs> You just spat your tea out, mate. <laughs> eggs in a coffee? He's, he's asked, would eggs, water, and a coffee do the job? No. Water is water you're thinking is not the water that you're supposed to have. So what would be the breakfast? Okay, so, uh, so I don't drink. It, it plays in three fundamental ways. Hydration, improving the gut microbiome, and also helps the... Uh, gut health in terms of uh, um, uh, easing up your digestive system. So you need just just water. When you are eating anything, when you're drinking stuff, you're actually getting 30% of the water you need from the food. But that's not exactly the water we're referring to. So we ha you have to have at least aloe or coconut water. Coffee is good, okay? Coffee is good if it is used in moderation. And if you know how much caffeine you're consuming. The problem with these things is that you, they're not quantified okay it's just like herb if you cannot quantify how much you're consuming there is a problem mm -hmm. so egg is one of the best foods i know but it should be in moderation you cannot consume it every day and five eggs a day 
um, it wouldn't be so good to you because um, there is so much in there you need to consider what 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 else is in there it's the only complete food i know um but it should also be used in moderation so mm. egg coffee and water wouldn't be the trick you have to have the right protein that you can engage your gut for so long or else Everywhere you go, no one would sit next to you if you keep eating eggs. Uh, like you need the number of proteins, it would be difficult. Mate, I really, really appreciate your time. By the looks of it, everyone has loved this, and most importantly, loved you. So hopefully, I think we could probably be live for about forty-eight hours and, and still be adding value. So hopefully, you, you'll be able to come live again. I think we've got loads more questions that we can maybe. And I think, by the way, me and you formed a pretty good team to be able to. We are both so passionate about really solving so many of the problems in that we this is our mission right so i think coming together and doing a lot every now and again to serve the people will add a lot of value so if you want to do it again mate then i, I am all in yo bro we will flip it next time because i have a lot to learn as, as you know i know the science and i've i've done a, a little bit of this uh, but i have to learn on how i could inspire more people the way you do as well because i'm getting started with the business this is something i wish to give the opportunity for others to do as well. Um, there is more to learn. There is more to adjust. And I look forward for more opportunities. But thank you for inviting me today. And for your members, followers, if you don't know um, me before, perhaps you have an insight of the contents that I could possibly bring. This is my first engagement in English. And this year, I'm training people from different countries like Israel, uh, Malaysia, possibly Japan. And I'm going to do a lot of podcasts in English in this sort of fashion. So looking forward for it, bro. I love it. Mate, we'll see you at kickoff. But I'll, I'll Thank you for having me today. And soon. Cheers, awesome. guys, for your talk. Happy Tuesday. Bye-bye, right, bye guys. Boom. How good was that, guys? I hope you got as much value as I did. Please don't forget to leave a review on the show, guys. And we'll be back for the next episode very, very soon.